Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. All right, so I've got a pop quiz for you guys, all right? So we've just gotten over the holidays. Um, how much work did you do? Dan, how much work did you do over the holiday period? Um, the, the time where I was on quote-unquote vacation, basically none, just uh, customer service emails, which is... Right, so there's still some, though, right? Yeah, there's still some. Yeah, yeah. C- can't turn that off completely, but that was pretty much it. Tom? Yeah, I don't know exactly what counts, um, but I would say, yeah, not a lot. Uh, not a lot. If, if you count, yeah, basically a couple, like a day or two before Christmas up through New Year's or so, not a lot, but yeah, on and off, you know, kind you know, of checking I, on things, thinking. I don't think I had one day where I didn't do at least something. Yeah. I think I, think I may have even done something on Christmas Day. And when you say do something, you don't mean like recording. You just mean like, like checking on something or writing an email or something yeah, like that. Filling in a spreadsheet or you know that kind of stuff. Like I wasn't recording. I actually did take some time off from some of the shows, which I've, I've never done. Like over a mm-hmm. Christmas period. Like the idea of there being no show for a week or two. Usually, like if I'm away, at least someone will do it or I'll record it in advance or something uh-huh. like that. But over Christmas, we took some of the shows off. But I don't think I had any day where I didn't do at least some kind of work. Um, and, you know, it's funny how we're all... for you? Yeah. I, I actually don't think I ever had a day where I haven't done something since we started the business. You should try it sometime. I can't. <laughs> this is the thing. I, I can't. So, like, I go on holiday, right? Like, so I, I went to... Uh, me and Adina went to New York recently. And I was still doing something. Like on on Sunday, it's like it was way less. That was the most time that I've had where I've done the least. Like because I was away for a week and I didn't do much work. Like it was the mm-hmm. least amount of work over a long period of time. But every day I was doing at least something. Like whether that be sending some emails to someone, or there are a couple of mornings where I posted shows, right? Like so I just posted them or finished them up and posted them. Or even if it was just like talking to Stephen about something, there was always something going on. Yeah. And do do you think your need to be doing something even on vacation is uh like a compulsion to ease anxiety or is it oh, just yeah. like you enjoy working on it and and um, you're, so you're going to do it even on vacation? It's a mix of both. It's definitely my doing. Cuz there, you know, if I'm away, like Stephen is more than capable to look after everything. But I just can't switch off enough. Um, I can do a pretty good job. As I say, like I can, you know, I can be away from most things, but I'll still check in on the occasional thing. Like I just, I, I, I haven't yet found it in me the ability to just be like, I won't think about work at all or do anything for this whole day. Like I just. So I mean, the I question is, like, is that even bad? I mean, that's what's so tricky about this stuff, right? Is like, so you know, today we're talking about like work-life balance, and what's so strange about that is I think like inherent in that question is this weird value kind of like judgment that I don't know how it's often talked about that much when people talk about work-life balance, but it's just like, 
you know, I like as like Westerners, like we have this like Protestant like work ethic thing where it's like, uh, or at least I, you know, somewhat like feel guilty if I'm not quote being productive. Like in our house, that's like a that's like a thing, definitely. Uh, but it's like weird. Like I don't know if there's anything wrong. Like, is there anything wrong with like you writing an email every day? Like, is it even bad? I, I don't know. Like, I think. It's tricky. Like before we talk about the particulars, I feel like we should talk a little bit about like how, how we even think or how we like judge the time we spend as like good or bad work or useful or not, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the end goal is simply just like <laughs> being the master of your own domain, like having basically control more or less. So it's like if you you know, choose to answer an email or, or do whatever because it's fun or you enjoy doing it. Like that's not, you're not losing. It's not like, Oh dang, I, I had to do quote unquote work over this vacation. So like I failed in some way, it's really just, you know, do you have the control to, you know, basically you have complete control of your work life balance where you can kind of choose to work or not work at whatever hours you deem. And that's fine. And that's obviously like super hard to pull off. But I think that is the goal more than like, oh, like I, I didn't do work today on my vacation. So I succeeded in, in some way. We're not like Tim Ferriss <laughs> with no. like four hour work week being like, oh, I've got to tally up all this work I'm doing and make sure it's like productive and efficient or something. I don't think that necessarily working every day is a bad thing. I think like where the work-life balance stuff comes from is for people that maybe don't enjoy their job so much. And I think that it's like a thing that is spoken about for people that have a job that is their job that maybe they enjoy, but isn't like what they love to do or they just don't like it. Right. So like people talk about work-life balance in corporate scenarios, like it's a super, super important thing. Like you have to have a balance. You must have a balance, but I don't really feel like I need one so much because I love what I do. Like I love my job. Yeah. Well, I think I a, another argument, and this is maybe more like the, the kind of 37 signals argument is, um, you know, what's the cliche, like music happens in the rests or whatever, where it's like a part of work-life balance is it actually does improve your work, you know, where if, if you're not letting it seep in and, and you allow yourself these long breaks, it can, you know, focus and improve the parts where you are working. So I guess that would be the other argument mm -hmm. is it's actually beneficial to the work to, to take, to be very, uh, steadfast in the breaks you're taking. And I, I mean, I, I think in particular, when I was thinking about this struggle with that, I mean, you know, all three of us are as a big part of what we do. And a lot of the value we bring to what we do is about being creative and having ideas that kind of come from nowhere um, and like inspiration. And so I know that I think I'm pretty bad at like I get focused and bogged down at like thinking about some problem or task and I don't allow myself to just daydream or like go for a walk or like you know go like read a book or an article and that might inspire me or something and when reality like those ideas that happen you know that are spontaneous or creative are really the most valuable things that Dan and I do in terms of studio need right like all the other work that we kind of perform the tasks isn't the most valuable thing we do. So I know for me, like 
that's something that I, when I thinking about, you know, work life balance, um, I, you know, that's one of the things I really struggle with is kind of valuing that uh, free time or that like non work time or non focused or directed time, like placing value in that. And I think I could see one of the problems of being really focused on your quote work is you don't have time for that sort of work. And you also don't have time for like the other parts of your life that, you know, that you need to shut off the work to be able to do those things or focus on those other things. So I don't know. It's, it's tricky, but for me personally, that's, I think where I uh, struggle is like the like undirected unfocused time. And like really like valuing that. Yeah. I, one of the things for me this year is that I'm trying to, and I have been just like thinking of how to spend my time a little bit differently. So trying to understand a little bit more about like what, what are my assets for the company? Like what is my time best spent doing? And so I've eliminated some things and I've reduced my time commitments in some other areas and with some of the shows and stuff like that to try and give myself a bit more of a balance. And it is so I'm able to do two things. I'm able to focus on the things that are most important and also give myself some time where I am able to like nearly every day or whatever, have some time where I'm just playing a video game or going swimming or like, you know, those little mm-hmm. things because, I mean, otherwise, like, what I was finding, and I was perfectly fine doing this, is, like, I would wake up at 8 a.m. and I would go to sleep at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. And I'm, like, working the whole time except for, like, three hours in the middle of the day or something when I eat dinner and spend time with my girlfriend. But it was, like, just the rest of that time, it's like, I'm awake while I'm working. And I'm fine with <laughs> it. Like, I am actually fine with it. But I feel like it's probably not, the best thing for the company, right? Like I should probably be able to accept new tasks without it disrupting everything. Or Mm -hmm. like if there's a problem that needs to be dealt with, like it's not like, well, I can't do that until next Wednesday because like my time is booked out. So like I've been thinking about like the way that I should balance stuff that way. But like I still feel like like the the work-life balance thing is, is not really something I'm worried about so much. It's more just like, how I balance my time to allow me to have breaks and room for other things to move around in. But cause like, isn't, but isn't like you, like Mike, you have several shows that are like t- about like topical, like current events stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like some stuff you might consider play is actually like very important to your work. Yeah. Like, like you have to yep. know about like what's going on in video games and tech. Right. So that's like a super weird situation, yeah. Kind of my own doing, really, and my own fault. Because basically, if I like something, I have a show about it. So, <laughs> like, there's this weird stuff where I'm like, some days I watch a movie, like, for two hours in the middle of the day, because I'm going to be talking about that movie on a show in the evening. Or, like, I play a video game for a few hours, because I'm talking about it on a video game show. Or I'm sitting here and reading Twitter, so I'm finding out the tech news of the day. And when most people just read Twitter, like, I have to read it. Otherwise, I don't know what's going on, and I'm uninformed for the shows. So, like, I have this mm-hmm. weird... Because of the type of stuff that I do, because it's like... Yeah. I guess it's creating entertainment. I have to consume entertainment to be able to create it. Yeah. No, I mean, and Dan, I, I mean, I'm, we have, I think we have the same thing. Some, sometimes people, like, ask me, like, oh, what are your hobbies? And my hobbies before we did Studio Neat was always, oh, I, like, make things on the side, or I, like, do software, or I, like, make stuff. And now... 
if Dan and I really want to do something, we just like make it part of the company. So it's like, it's the same thing where it's like, there's no yeah. hobbies really. It's like, uh, well, we just make it part of the company, which is really cool, but it also super screws up this thing we're talking about of like work life balance because the lines get super crazy, weird and fuzzy. Right. Uh, there's like it's not defined anymore. I mean, Dan, do you feel that way? Do you feel like your hobbies are kind of like eaten up by Studio Neat, kind of in some ways? Basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I have I I have I try to have hobbies that are, uh, you know, much more on the kind of like life spectrum of the work life thing. So like exercising or running or whatever is. Uh, like a really good hobby, but it still certainly uh, bleeds into the work stuff because to me, that's an excellent time to do like the kind of creative daydreaming aspect that we were just talking about is whenever I'm, you know, going on a run or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it, there's no real way to compartmentalize these things. No, because like our brains work in such a way where it's like, well, I'm having this thought about work now. So like, you're just going to have to deal with it. Right. And you just take yeah. it and you just have the thought and you think the thing. So it's like you're saying, like going for a run, like that could be a hobby. But what you're probably doing when you're running is usually thinking about work stuff. <laughs> so that's <laughs> what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, you work from home separately, right? You don't work together. Yep. That's correct. Yeah. We, uh, the kind of mini history of that is when we were both in New York when we started Studio Neat. And we both worked from home because we didn't have an office. and But we were at, like lived in the same apartment building. So it was kind of like we were in the same office. Like it was really easy to like, you know. <laughs> you just walk upstairs. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was funny. We actually, Dan and I actually lived, you know, like apartment buildings, they define everything by like lines, you know, like uh, like vertically. Like our my apartment was like exactly four floors above his Uh so it was like super weird and doppelgangery. But uh so but soon as we went full time, I actually moved to North Carolina for a year. And so we kind of started off remote working, uh like right away, um, when we were doing this kind of full time. And so I just had my home office and Dan did too, and we were doing the remote working thing, and I think we both just like decided we really liked the remote working thing. So when we both moved we were both in Austin now. We like like the remote working thing, and so I work from my house, and Dan works from his house. Like we both have like little offices, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's how it goes. So at home, your the way you work is like split apart from the rest of the house. Uh, yeah. So I I am in a, and that's where I am right now. I'm in a echoey uh, kids room with that thankfully has a large closet. Uh, and it's, yeah, so it's not like, like, you know, technically an office. It's like a kid's room. Um, Why thankfully a large closet? Are you in the closet? No, but it is chock full of like prototyping stuff Uh, and like inventory and like materials and stuff. It's a big closet. It's like seven by four or something or six by four. Um, so that's good. But Dan has like an office like his thing was in his house it was like defined as an office so his really feels like an office his office is way cooler than my office no closet though shamefully yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i still work from a, my bedroom 
Yeah, so is, I've, I've seen that sometimes. Yeah, that's the that's a tough thing. So like I'm I'm in a bigger room now than it used to be in the house. Like I had like the tiniest room, but now I have like a bigger room and I can fit all my stuff in it comfortably. But I don't know. There's still this like there's still I know that there's in my brain still this weird thing about mixing these two things. Like I just mm-hmm. can't where I am right now. Like move that around. But me and Adina are in. We're in the process of think like getting ready to start looking at buying a house. Like we're saving and we're gonna mm-hmm. pursue it more this year. And we're getting like it's just a fact to see what'll be either a two bedroom or a one bedroom and like a small study or something. Because there's we just can't do it. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So, well, but so do you like what about an office? Like, is that an option? Like, how expensive is like having an office, like a little office space or something? So, like, I could do it, but the problem uh-huh. is I record so late or at such weird times. Oh, uh, yeah. That I would be like, you know, there could be... T- like, I record one show sometimes at my midnight. Like, I'm not going to be somewhere, yeah. like, and then yeah. have to try and get home. So, that's why yeah. I've never done that. But, like, plus, I would prefer to be able to do what I do from an environment where I can control more. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like maybe an office building like won't be so great. Like if we have noise at home, I can put up like soundproofing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Podcasting is kind of uniquely suited to not, it's not conducive to like shared spaces or, no. or you know, external offices yeah. and, and stuff. Well, especially if you're a Brit. Yeah, exactly. To people in the U S <laughs> I do have a membership to a co-working space and I go there like once every couple of weeks now. Like I I was trying, originally I wanted to go there like once or twice a week, but just with the way that my recording schedule was panned out, I kind of like do uh-huh. a lot of recording one week and then not so much the next week, right? So that's just how it is now. It's basically like one week on, one week off. Um, and I try and go there, like, you know, just, just so I'm out of the house and, like, working in a different environment. I really like it there. Um, like, I get a lot of work done. Um, I, I'm not really distracted. Because, like, when I'm at home, like, I'm I'm just totally distracted by everything at home. Like, the PlayStation's right there. Like, I could just yeah. play the PlayStation <laughs> for a little bit. There's no PlayStation at the co-working space. <laughs> um, well, it's actually kind of nice, though, that, like, you have that constraint of, needing to record like in midnight and stuff because you just there's not a really a choice for you right to you have like have to work at home basically right it's not a choice really yeah. so that's kind of nice like especially if you're looking for an, like a, a place to live next you can just set up a it's just nice having that constraint as like a known thing that's pretty cool because uh, you know for us i think for dan and i especially because we live 15 minutes apart like it's really a question like should we have an office and it's like you know there's a real there's like a debate and stuff going on uh and uh yeah but for you it seems like that's kind of the only real practical option uh, yeah there's no point in me having an office because i could never sh- really share it with anyone yeah because yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. i only work with one person in the uk everybody else is either in america and then there's federico in italy right yeah, like yeah, uh, every, yeah. You know, so everyone's so scattered around. It would never make sense for us to have like a relay FM offices. Do you? What yeah. does it take for you guys to actually be in the same place to work? Like, when does that happen, and why? Um. Hmm, well, we're we almost never just like decide 
to be in the same place, just like silently tapping away at <laughs> laptops individually. Like the, we kind of never do that. And there's not much of a reason to really, the reasons we get together are like, we need to have a lively discussion about something, usually something physical. That's obviously like much easier to just hold it in our hands and, you know, talk about it in person. Um, and then the obvious things, like if we're like making a video or, or doing something, um, that requires both of us, but yeah, in terms of just getting together and kind of working independently next to each other, we, I don't think we've ever done that really. Yeah, not really. Uh, yeah, almost never. It's, it's always like to kind of have a meeting. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, there's, yeah, there's like definitely like the level, like the, the ladder of our working is like mostly iMessage. And then if we need to like really have a discussion, we get on FaceTime. And then if we, yeah, like need to look at both of us at something like physically and like suss it out, we get together. And then, yeah, if we do a photo shoot, um, <laughs> it's pretty good. I mean, I think we both really like it. I think it works because we re have really split up the tasks that each of us do like pretty cleanly. So we can just like, I mean, there can be like, I feel like there's been like weeks where Dan and I did barely like talk very much at all, um, depending on what we're doing. So it's weird. Like me and Stephen talk all day, every day over iMessage. Like verbally? Over iMessage we do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess iMessage we almost always right. yeah. message. Uh, yeah. 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 And we, we have like, we have phone calls every now and then, and we should really have them more because so many decisions get made when we speak on Skype or whatever, just for like 20 minutes, as opposed to just like attempting to suss out what each other person means over iMessage all day. Yeah. You know, like when we actually talk and also like when, whenever we get together, which is turning out to be like four times a year now, we're like in the same place at the same time. We'll always carve out some time to like, just sit and like go through some bigger picture stuff. And mm -hmm. that's always really useful. For, for us to do that. Uh, I have a question for you, Mike. Uh, do you think Steven has an idea of like what your work hours are? Uh, probably not. And do you have an idea of like what his work hours are? Cause you know, he has no. like, like kids and stuff. So like, I'm sure he has more boundaries than you might maybe with like work stuff. Uh, or there's definitely times where he's like not working. Cause like kids are going to bed or something. Yeah. So do you, you do, but you feel like, no, you don't like know what his schedule is. No. And you know, what? I think we kind of have an unspoken agreement that we just don't observe it unless explicitly told. So like, mm -hmm. if he's going to be out all day, then he'll just say to me, like on Wednesday, you're not going to reach me. Like, unless, unless there mm -hmm. is an explosion, like don't bother me with anything. And I'll do the same. Or like, you know, if I send him a message, he'll be like, I won't be able to get to this for a couple of hours. I'm like, okay, no worries. But like, we kind of have like an unspoken agreement that like, no matter what time of the day it is, and literally no matter what time of the day it is for either of us, if one of us needs something from the other, we just say it, knowing that that person will get to it as soon as they can. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just how we've always worked together. Like, I'll wake, like, we both have this. We both wake up in the morning with iMessages, with things to be done or to uh -huh. be checked or confirming something's happened. Well, yeah, because you guys are so weird. You're like six hours apart or seven hours apart. So it's like super even weirder. It's six or seven, yeah. Yeah. That must, yeah. You have a weird situation. I mean, Dan and I's situation is, I don't know. I feel like Dan and I keep pretty normal kind of work hours. I mean, wouldn't you say, Dan? Like, 
you know, like sometimes, like if I message Dan at like midnight because I have an idea or something, he'll definitely respond. But I know that he's not like in his work time necessarily. And I would do, I wouldn't be like, hey, Dan, uh, can you like write this email responding to a manufacturer right now? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like really yeah. about more conversational stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I basically feel the freedom to text you at any time to with like a product idea or thoughts about something, uh, with no expectation on my end that like he'll see this or answer it quickly. You know, if it's like a non kind of working hour. I mean, I wonder. That's actually somewhat interesting. I've never thought of it because to me, it's like if you text me in the middle of the night, like I don't. I don't care that you're like quote unquote activating my like work brain. Uh, <laughs> but I've, I've never, uh, I've never, I've never asked uh, if you have a problem with me doing the same. Uh, no, no, I don't. And I feel like uh, if you, if you texted me at like 11 and I didn't get to it, I don't feel guilty if I don't get to it to the morning. Right. Like I don't yeah. feel like there's an expectation from you that like I need to do, you know, do whatever, unless it's like yeah. something like that breaks or something. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all weird too. Like I feel like if I feel like if Dan and I felt like we were having a this like work life balance problem, I feel like we would get a lot further if we both agreed on like boundaries because then we wouldn't be stepping on each other's toes. And I bet Mike if you wanted to make a change that you would want to like define the boundaries like with Steven so that he doesn't like burst in, right? When you're trying to have your uh, shut off time or whatever you know what I mean it's uh, the, I wonder how um I bet the 37 signals guys must really have a kind of plan for this because they're spread out all over the world too so yeah I'm kind of okay with it like I'm sure that there's probably a, a different way of doing it but it, I think it works for me like I have this sense and we've said this before that like our business feels like it operates 24 hours because you know, when Steven goes to bed, like a couple of hours later, I'm awake. And mm-hmm. then I just pick up where he left off and vice versa. You know, it's it's a nice, I think I, we find that as quite a nice feeling because we're both kind of a, like, we're both fine with it. Like it works for us right now. Like maybe in five years, like it will be completely different because there'll be a structure of people that are like actual employees, maybe. And then it will be like, oh, well, now it's not just me and you. We have to, like, really think about the way this stuff works. Because, like, if we brought on someone to help us, which we've spoken about before, and we think we'll do it eventually, I can't send that person stuff at midnight. So, like, at that point, I think we'd have to think about, like, oh, it's not just me and you anymore. Like, the people who do this because they love it, right? So, like, it's not... It's never like sometimes Stephen will send me something and I'll be like, ah, oh, not right now, and I'm cool with it. But like, it's never like, ah, oh, you drive me crazy with these yeah. demands, like because he's not your whatever, boss, yeah, exactly. It never feels like that, right? And 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 it's also it's just because like whatever it is, even if it's an annoying thing, like because of just the situation, like say something's gone wrong and he has to, we have to talk about it. It's always ultimately still the thing that i love you know so it's like it never is really that bad no matter how bad it is um one thing i've heard from uh people who've kind of made the transition from being you know just kind of solely running a business or with like a partner to having employees is they said one advantage of having employees is it does help you structure 
your life a little bit more because of that same reason you said where you can't like you know reasonably message your employees in the middle of the night so that you yourself kind of put up those boundaries um so i don't know i think that's like one aspect of the kind of structural like how the business structure like you know changes these kind of things we're talking about i mean uh and it feels like just i don't know one thing that i kind of noted when we were kind of preparing for this show a difference between Studio Neat and Relay in this realm is, you know, Dan and I could theoretically go on vacation for a couple months and it wouldn't super impact our revenue and it, the the company wouldn't burn down. Like, we'd still be making money and not really have to do anything. Where it seems like you, if you guys aren't making shows, your company doesn't work anymore, right? Uh, so I think that's one... I don't know, interesting difference between the two kind of structures and the, the two businesses and like how that influences this kind of like balance. Uh, I mean, Mike, what do you, how, do, how does that feel? Like, do you feel like pressure to be making shows, you know, or else like the doesn't work, like the, com- like the company doesn't work? Or do you feel like you could take breaks? I mean, you just mentioned that this is like the first time you took a break for shows, right? So I think probably like, the way that our business continues is that what we end up doing and what will probably happen is we have shows that are popular, very popular shows as we do now, but neither me or Steven are on. Yeah. And like that is our part of the business makes money, whether I'm producing or not. It's like, Mm -hmm. then all I'm doing is like arranging sponsors, which most of the time that happens in short bursts. So like oh, you okay. arrange quarters, right? Um, yeah. And and when when things are running at their best, that's what happens. Like everything's booked out, like, you know, for a I quarter see. in advance, right? So you could, so you could theoretically, like, you 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 could see a future where you could take a two week vacation, hands off, and it wouldn't make a huge dent because there's other people running, you know, doing popular shows, and the sponsors are booked out, and it's like you can prepare for that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that that is a future. But the other thing is like. I could see somebody wanting to run a business that way and I could see how it could easily be run that way. There are people that do what I do in that scenario. But Mm -hmm. for me, I have this business so I can be a podcaster. Like that is what this is. So like I don't want to stop recording. Like I, I envision a future where I have three shows rather than like seven Right. And then I scale that back and then I do a lot more kind of big picture stuff and maybe still do a lot of the ad sales and stuff because I'm pretty good at that. Um, and, and just like that's what my life is. And then I do less in the aggregate. Um, but I don't think I'll ever stop being on the schedule. Right. Like I might just take a couple of weeks off to go on vacation like I might do now and just have someone fill in for me or whatever. But I can't imagine there being a place where it's just like, ah, I don't ever need to, to be mm. involved in this because I don't think I could ever give it up. Is is this show one of the three shows that you'll keep doing? <laughs> uh, better, yes. better be. <laughs> of course. This is this is the one show that I would keep That's doing. right. That's right. Okay, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> you tell all your shows that, don't you? <laughs> you guys are my favorite. <laughs> Um, I mean, Mike, what do you think would make that change for you? Like, what do you think would be the thing that like makes you make that change? Because it sounds like a pretty sweet deal, right? Yeah. So there's a couple of things, right? Obviously, one thing that we need is like 
more more shows that I am not a part of in any way, right? That are big successes, and we have a few of those. We have a handful of those um, right now, and I think that's going to continue. Like I kind of look at the stages of our business, and like the current stage that we're about to enter in is probably that stage because I can't record any more shows. Like now, mm-hmm. I would have to like drop stuff to add stuff. Um, yep. So, like, if if a big opportunity comes along, then I would have to reassess things again and maybe move some stuff around, or maybe I'll drop out of something. Or like what I've done this year is move a bunch of shows, a, a handful of shows, from weekly to fortnightly. So that mm-hmm. allows me to free up some time, right? So I'm still involved in the show, but we produce it less. So that's half yep. the time commitment. So I imagine I could maybe do stuff like that. But ideally, what would happen is we would have shows that we continue to make money as as a business that I don't make money as as a host because that's kind of how I make my money in two different ways like I make my money as the owner one of the owners of the business and I make my money as a host of a show but as we continue to get bigger and bigger shows um like audience wise and therefore they make more money I the cut that I get from those shows gets bigger and bigger in money what terms so that's how I imagine then I could take the foot off in other areas maybe and and that's probably where i think that's where our business will inevitably go but i think we're in all honesty we're i think we're years away from that right now and that's totally fine for me like i'm i have you know i'm currently recording probably the fewest amount of podcasts i've ever recorded like i use i mean there were you know i've done this many weekly like eight weekly shows when i was still working a full-time job you know so it works for me. Like I'm totally fine with it as it is right now. And, and I think the balance is pretty good. But I agree, it is a big difference because the business makes no money unless there's stuff happening. Like there has to be new episodes posting for the business to make money. Where like for you guys, if you didn't have a new product, like the business would make money still i guess it wouldn't make as much money as it would if you were releasing new products all the time but it can still make money because people buy the stuff you've already made yeah Yeah, it allows us to go stretches where we're basically working on new products but even if we weren't it would still can sustain itself uh for you know a few months at least so this is one of the big differences between podcasters and youtubers because youtube videos continue to make money oh yeah right because the ads continue to be new where we sell an ad as a one-time spot thing for a fixed price which means we charge more and it then a youtube video will charge for the same mm-hmm. amount of people like multiples of 10 more than like the the ad rates on youtube videos but they will make money forever so yeah. maybe over time they end up making more money but YouTube creators don't have to don't a lot of them do because they just do but like you look at someone like CGP Grey right where he'll have a video maybe every month or something and all of the videos continue to make money for him even, yeah even though that they're it's like a big pyramid years old. yeah exactly it is just like a pyramid it's a pyramid scheme that YouTube yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny this kind of um, makes me think of one of the kind of one of my favorite things um, from Seth Godin. And if you guys don't know who Seth Godin is, dear listener, you should uh, check him out. He's like really great. But um, I think this was at a nearly impossible conference and he was talking about 
kind of this world of like indie entrepreneurship, you know, small business stuff. And his main, like, or one of the things he said, which really struck, struck me was the way he defines an entrepreneur is if you make money when you're sleeping. So basically the money, like your time is not directly tied to the money you make. Um, so, you know, if you're like a freelance graphic designer, you can only make as much money as like the time you have. Right. And so for me, I think, you know, going into the future, if Studio Neat didn't exist, uh, I would definitely look into like a field or a business or whatever where my income is not directly to, tied to my time. Because I think decoupling that is really, really, really nice for a million reasons. And you you get you get these benefits of being able to kind of more freely think about your time instead of like every time is tied to like, you know, a dollar. And so if I'm not working doing my work, then I'm not making money, right? Um, so I don't know. I, I just I just always thought that that was a really, like a really nice uh, way to think about being an entrepreneur, which means we're all entrepreneurs, by the way. Hooray! <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Look did at us. Do you feel a pressure to add to that product line, though? Like, oh, I yeah. guess you do, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's kind of our uh, strategy for the next year is... Um, uh, releasing more things and seeing what that does. Um, even if the things aren't like our strategy, our thinking about kind of our business and releasing products the last couple of years was we need to wait till we have a really big idea that's new and really big. And then we release it and we work on it for a long time and release it in a big thing. And I think, um, We've changed that approach for this next year, thinking we're going to release more things that are smaller and just kind of see what sticks rather than kind of betting on a big thing. I think Obi, like the failure of Obi, helped kind of solidify that, but I think we were both kind of feeling that anyways. So yeah, definitely. We, I think we're, we're I think realizing more and more that releasing more often is uh, important. Yeah, I think it was the uh, the back-to-back one-two punch of the failure of Obi plus the success of the remote stand, Yeah, um, which could be troubling. Like, we could be just reading too much into those two examples, um, but I think we're both, you know, excited to, to try that this year and see what happens. All you have is the things that have happened to inform your decisions, right? That's like, that's yeah. what you got, right? You, all you know is yeah. that this is how it went. That kind of went okay. Let's just keep doing that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, you know, as as we have talked about, we don't have a grand strategy at all, right? And so our entire history has been like just zigzagging in the dark, kind of uh, towards the light, at least. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's good. I, I mean, I think we're both feeling really good about that, and it's fun, and it takes the pressure off of off of like having some like miraculous idea pop into your head. So. Uh, so yeah, I think it's good, um, but you know, there's downsides to it too, uh, for sure. I don't know. One thing I think about a lot, and I think it's just because now I have like 11 month old, and I've been through this year of transition of having this new responsibility uh, that definitely takes a lot of time. Uh, just thinking about the fact that we're all young still (laughs) when we're doing this we have like a lot of energy and like not as many responsibilities and how um how we can prepare for the future in terms of like work-life balance and the businesses to you know kind of 
get into better habits um, around, you know, kind of like family and other stuff. I mean, because, you know, I can just tell you, like, once you have a kid, especially if you're like me and like my wife is not a full-time mother, like, you know, she has other ambitions as well. And so the responsibilities for like kid raising is like split more. And so there's a lot more, uh, it's just become way more complex in terms of the constraints and like the scheduling and all that stuff. And so for me, it's, uh, become really clear this like work life balance, like issue is it's like in sharp focus, uh, because it's like the choices are between like putting my kid in bed at like seven o'clock, uh, you know, or like working or, you know, doing it. And so, uh, it's, it's just become a lot uh, more clear, all of this stuff. Um, so I think that will be another interesting kind of challenge, especially if Dan gets into that camp at some point, then, you know, it's like it's going to be even more complex. But uh, I don't know. Do you guys ever think about that? Like, it's great. It's working now. But like, what if, you know, what, you know, what if I'm older or have more of a family or whatever? I mean, do you guys ever think about that? I uh, I think of that just as like a vague thing of... um like this may be happening down the road. And it's just like, I have a full awareness that, uh, things will change completely. Um, and I've kind of like already accepted it, but I haven't just, I haven't thought about it any more than what I just told you. Like I've just accepted the fact that, yeah, like it'll be totally different and I'll have to change things and that'll be fine. Um, but I haven't like charted out how i will change things because you just <laughs> yeah. like don't know until it happens yeah. it's like there's no point trying to assume right you're just like yeah. i know it's all gonna change i just don't know how much i I, yeah, th- yeah, yeah. I consider myself lucky that i was able to get started in this yeah. before i had a family definitely so like definitely. i'm able to start getting things in place like it was, this was it was the whole one of the whole reasons that I quit my job and I did because it was like this is before I'm engaged this is before I'm married this is before I have my own homes before I have kids if I do it now like I'm gonna be setting myself up nicely for when that stuff comes later because when those things start to happen it gets harder and harder for you to yeah. to make the jump not impossible of course it's not impossible people do it all the time and you know if you can you should but it just makes it harder and i know what i'm like and you know every every one of those that would get added on would have made it less likely that i would have done this and and i knew that i could do it so i did but i'm very lucky in my situation now that my girlfriend is very understanding and forgiving with time and she actually quite likes her own space as well so she doesn't Mm. care like if if on set if it's like saturday comes i'm like i gotta work or something today she's like cool i can go do my stuff like she actually quite mm-hmm. likes it in a lot of instances. And it's quite frequent that that I'm working on the weekends for that reason. Like I do some stuff, she would be doing some work because her job is quite demanding and she likes to, to kind of work on her own time for as much as she can. So she leaves things for the weekend sometimes. So I'm very lucky that I have someone that has that feeling. Of course, that would all completely change when we have kids somehow. Yeah. Like they don't give a crap about your work. No. So that's the idea is like, you know, one of the great things is my business partner has had all the kids he's going to have. Yeah. Oh, so that's cool. We're never going to be both disrupted in that way at the same time. Yeah. 
and he understands it as well which yeah, is you know yeah. so that's all good and that's good like for you guys is that now like tom you can be like the the wise old man to dan to be like oh well, i remember i don't know that. about that <laughs> Bill, i'm sure handle it better than me but uh you know it's funny it, it just become the the long and short of it is it just becomes everything's more of a negotiation like in every way and, and like and so it's just it just becomes more complex it you know uh, but I will say that like working from home, that's one huge aspect of working from home is being able to, I can flip in and out of work way easier. Mm-hmm. You don't have to drive home if there's a problem. Yeah. And like and for a while there, like I would take Evan, my son, like for three hours in the middle of the day and it didn't change the amount of work I was doing. It just like shifted when I was doing it. And the fact that I can do that easily without commuting back and forth, like that is a huge, huge win. So that that's a different and definitely a uh, plus column for working at home. Uh, you just can't do that if you have a nine to five job. Like you just can't no no do no it. way. Yeah yeah no way. So that's like I mean that's a huge thing. Uh, and and you know I think I don't know I I really like this kind of modern age we're living in where working from home is like an option for part of the time or a lot of the time because I don't know it's it's really awesome. Uh, I I would have a really hard time going back. To not that i feel like my time's being stolen from me like what do you mean i can't, what do you mean i can't uh, do this i was so it it changed i was surprised how quickly it changed for me when i had to commute in the rush hour like if, if i ever have to now leave the house or i'm on, on public transport during rush mm. hour it's like, oh, what is this? And that changed so quickly. Or like I was so used to not having to fight with that every day that now if I'm ever stuck in it, it's like hell. Yeah. Yeah, that to me is the the huge privilege of working from home is just like midday errands. It just like the world is yours. Like there's <laughs> there's nobody there. Like there's no rush hour. Like you can do whatever you want. Like it's, it's uh, to me, that's like the key perk of kind of having your own hours and working from home. Yeah. And when you have a little kid uh, going and having dinner at like four, five in the afternoon is, uh, is really nice. There's no, you can get in any restaurant. There's no line. The food comes out quick. And you get the early bird special. That's right. <laughs> so that's one big advantage. Uh, you have a good excuse of being an old person already. If you want to find links and show notes for this week's episode, head on over to relay.fm slash tc slash seven. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, please send them to us on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Bye-bye.